Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. Today we are going to be talking about the ongoing descent into chaos that so many far-left cities are experiencing. And just in general, it's a pretty good rule of thumb that cities tend to be more left-leaning than their surrounding areas. And actually, where people live geographically is a pretty dang good predictor of what their political beliefs are going to be. The more urban someone is, the more liberal they're going to be, and the more rural someone is, again, all this is in general, the more conservative they are going to be. And this is not just for the US, by the way, the same is true in Canada and the UK, from what I understand, Australia as well. And just in general, I would not be surprised if this was a universal rule. And with that being said, as someone who is on the right, politics is one of the many reasons why I don't really like living in cities. Taxes tend to be higher and regulations, even around things like going grocery shopping or taking out the trash, tend to be stricter than they are in the suburbs or country. And you know, it is those types of things, things like taxes and regulations that historically people used to talk about when referring to left or right-leaning areas. But nowadays, in 2020, the term left-wing city has taken on an entirely new meaning. Nowadays, some cities are actually so far left that it's not just about them being Democrats or liberals. They are actually self-described autonomous anarcho-communist zones. I am not kidding. Over the summer, we saw the rise and fall of the very short-lived Chaz or CHOP, whatever you want to call it, in Seattle. But not to be outdone in the contest to see who is the most crazy leftist city, Portland now apparently also has as their own equivalent. And here is some footage of this blossoming new country. So we're going to be discussing just exactly how Portland came to create an area that somehow looks even less appealing than the Chaz did. But before we do, I want to say a big thank you to our sponsor, Simply Safe. Everyone wants to keep their home and their family safe. Whether it's from a break-in, a fire flooding, or a medical emergency, Simply Safe Home Security delivers award-winning 24-7 protection. With Simply Safe, you don't just get an arsenal of cameras and sensors, you get the best professional monitors in the entire business. They've got your back day and night, ready to send police, fire, or EMTs when you need them most straight to your door. Simply Safe has an arsenal of sensors and cameras that protect every inch of your home. You can set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. It's super easy. You do not need a technician just barging into your house and disrupting your life. Simply Safe professionals take over monitoring your home 24-7 and are ready to send help the moment there is an alarm. Plus, with Simply Safe, there's no long-term contract, no hidden fees or installation costs. It really is home security for the 21st century. So right now, my listeners get a free home security camera when you purchase a Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/lauren. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so really there is nothing to lose. Visit simplysafe.com/lauren for your free security camera today. That is spelled S I M P L I S A F E.com/lauren so they know that our show is the one that sent you. So a lot of you are probably familiar with Portland as essentially 
really the mecca of Antifa. And with so many far-left activists in the area, really, I'm kind of surprised that an autonomous commune hasn't developed there sooner. But we have this piece on, I don't even know if it has a name yet, The Area, written by Andy No for The Post Millennial. He explains that Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and other left-wing extremists have repelled police and created a new autonomous zone in North Portland to protect a house being illegally occupied by squatters. The protest erupted after police raided a house on Mississippi Avenue around 5 a.m. on Tuesday. For months, radical left-wing activists had been occupying the property known as the Red House to protect squatters who were legally served multiple eviction notices. The Portland Police Bureau assisted the Multnomah County Sheriff's Office this morning in initially clearing out the property. Police encountered resistance, including from a person with a firearm who was taken into custody. Several other guns were recovered at the scene. Soon after, Antifa accounts on social media called for comrades to retake the space. By the later morning, around 100 militants gathered outside the property to set up an autonomous zone. When Portland police officers responded to the growing autonomous zone, they were attacked and chased away by rioters. I've gotta say, hearing stories like this really just reminds me of the glaring double standard that exists when it comes to how the media reports on left-wing versus right-wing groups. I mean, anytime Trump supporters are involved in any type of conflict, even if it's not a violent one, with with liberals or leftists, they are branded as extremists, radicals, you name it. But left-wing extremists like Antifa, like BLM, can literally murder, riot, loot, and heck, try to set up autonomous zones with, with armed militias and... There's almost nothing reported on it, at least not by the mainstream media. This type of thing, neighborhoods being captured by armed extremists and being declared autonomous zones, this is the type of news you expect to hear coming out of, I'm sorry, but a third world country, right? Not the United States of America. If I were in charge, I would send a SWAT team into this autonomous zone ASAP to arrest every single participant and heck, even accomplice, because in, in a developed society, you can't just... You, you can't just have splinter groups forming autonomous zones within your city. It doesn't work like that. Which brings us to probably one of the most important questions of this story, which is where is the city's leadership when it comes to this, I mean... It, let's face it, it's pretty much treason. Well, a lot of you may remember that previously we covered the mayoral race in Portland where Ted Wheeler, who was the incumbent, was up against, I mean, essentially an Antifa sympathizer, if if not just straight up Antifa member. Thankfully for the city of Portland, Ted Wheeler ended up being victorious. And really it's, it's only when pit against a literal Antifa member that I would see Ted Wheeler being reelected as a good thing, but this is this is the situation in Portland. And I mean, to his credit so far, Ted Wheeler has sided actually with law enforcement on the issue, even though seemingly begrudgingly and somewhat half-heartedly. From his official social media account, he put out a statement saying, I am authorizing the Portland police to use all lawful means to end the illegal occupation on North Mississippi Avenue and to hold those violating our community's laws accountable. There will be no autonomous zone in Portland. And before you start getting too excited about Ted Wheeler, just wait, there's more to the statement. He then went on to explain that we all agree many of our nation's systems and 
structures are fundamentally racist and require significant reform. There's a housing crisis, a healthcare crisis, an education crisis, an employment crisis, a mental health crisis, and an addiction crisis. All of these cries are magnified in urban areas, including Portland. Wow, it's almost like everything bad happening happens more in cities where the left is disproportionately in control. I wonder if there's any connection there. I wonder. Wheeler then writes that it's also true that illegal trespassing, ignoring lawful orders from police, blocking sidewalks and streets, and intimidating neighbors inflame these crises and make them more difficult to solve. That is what is happening on North Mississippi Avenue right now. It's time for the encampment and occupation to end. There are many ways to protest and work toward needed reform. Illegally occupying private property, openly carrying weapons, threatening and intimidating people are not among them. Even with all the placating sentiments thrown toward the left there with acknowledging systemic racism and all that. Honestly, that is more of a response than I would have expected from Ted Wheeler, as well as the fact that police have actually gone to confront the protesters at this encampment. And note here that I am in no way saying Ted Wheeler is doing a good job handling this, but hey, at, at the very least, at least he's not joining the militia, which honestly at this point for Portland, I think is a relative win. And what makes this whole situation really interesting, in my opinion, is hearing how it's being described by the far left. Sure, Ted Wheeler and law enforcement may throw around terms like illegal trespassing and intimidation, but maybe that's just white supremacy cis-heteropatriarchy talking here. What's really going on? To that, we turn to activist Twitter. As this user explains, since September, people have been protesting the eviction of a black black and indigenous family from their home in Portland. Activists put up a 24-7 eviction blockade around the Red House on Mississippi. Today, Mayor Wheeler threatened them with police violence. Ted Wheeler didn't say that the squatters were actually black and indigenous. I mean, that, that changes everything. And this sentiment was echoed by Gregory McKelvey, who said that the mayor of Portland just threatened mass state-sanctioned violence because he just really wants to evict black people during a pandemic. What if, and I know this might sound crazy, but just bear with me. What if it's not about racism? It's just that you cannot, regardless of skin color, set up shop in someone else's house and not pay them rent and expect them to be okay with that. And I know for those of us who aren't in Portland, this whole situation seems frankly kind of ridiculous and pretty hilarious, but let's all just for a moment try to put ourselves in the shoes of Portland's residents and actually Seattle's as well. Can you imagine how terrifying it must be to know that random people, these armed militants, might come and take over your house or your building or your business or decide that, hey, you know, you can keep your house, but it's just gonna exist in our new autonomous country where we control everything. And, and the police, the mayor are essentially not going to do anything about it, that's not a good place to be psychologically. And I know some of you may be thinking, well, that's what they get for voting in these leftist policies, they've made their bed, now they have to lie in it, and for the most part, when it comes to people who've actually voted for these losers, I agree with you, but you've got to remember, even though the ratio of leftists in places like Portland and Seattle is extremely high, 
it's still not a hundred percent. There are still normal people living in these cities whose families have probably grown up in these cities who don't want to leave because of the, the memories and their roots and the financial ties they have there, but are just being forced to deal with all of this insanity. It's those people whom I pity and whom I very much encourage at this point to, no matter how hard it may be, try to find a way to leave. Because honestly, these places, these leftist cities, they're not going to get any better. If anything, they're just going to be getting worse. And actually, the next example of this that I want to cover is Minneapolis. But first, I want to try to calm things down with our amazing sponsor, Newcom. And guys, this is a product that I am really passionate about. I struggle with anxiety on pretty much a daily basis. There's just a lot going on with work and the pandemic and family stuff. And it can be really hard, especially at night, to wind down. Just shut your mind off and try to get some rest. And for me, that is exactly where Newcom comes in. No matter what life throws at you, Newcom will reduce your stress level. So now instead of the day owning you, you can own the day. Newcom is the only stress management system of its kind, clinically proven in over 1 million sessions to improve your sleep, reduce your stress, and boost your recovery without drugs and side effects. The Newcom system uses cutting-edge neuroscience and consists of three non-invasive and non-pharmaceutical items, all of which are included in your monthly subscription that costs less than a daily cup of coffee. The whole process is easy to use and to work into your daily routine to achieve better sleep, reduction in stress, and boost in recovery at nighttime is when I really lean into Newcom. And this is a really great, more natural way to manage your stress levels. If you're not interested in taking a pill or supplement or anything like that, perhaps Newcom could be right for you. So do what I did, own the day with Newcom. We have a special link set up specifically for our listeners. Go to laurennewcom.com and get 50% off your 30-day subscription of Newcom and their money-back guarantee. That's laurennewcalm.com, laurennewcalm.com. All right, so Minneapolis, home of a pretty dang good airport with lots of charge ports and deep decent internet, but more relevant to our episode, also the birthplace of the defund the police movement, at least in its current iteration. Yeah, the thing with American politics, I've said it before and I'll say it again, is that for better or worse, they're kind of like a disease in that they spread. Oh, oh boy, do they spread. And yeah, this can actually be a positive thing sometimes when it comes to American culture surrounding freedom and representative government, but it could also be a very negative thing as is the case with the defund the police movement. It may have started in the US, but right now there are calls to defund police forces in Canada, the UK, and heck, I'm sure tons of other Western countries as well. The Minneapolis City Council has made active efforts to reduce the police budget and well, as it so happens, this has kind of been going on long enough that we can see what the results have been. Spoiler! they're pretty much exactly what you'd expect. As Law Enforcement Today reports, carjackings in Minneapolis have increased by 537% in November 2020 compared to November 2019. Minneapolis police have reported more than 125 carjackings in the city over the past two months. In total, Minneapolis has seen at least 375 carjackings this year, which was more than three times higher than 2019. Other major and minor crimes have also seen an increase, and according to Minneapolis police, 
police data. More than 500 people have been shot in the city this year, twice as many as 2019, and murders are also up more than 50%. And so far this year, there have been nearly 5,000 violent crimes, the most in the past five years. The defund the police movement to me is at its core so representative of the whole social justice movement. I mean, it's something that you can virtue signal about and maybe it makes you feel good inside, even though the actual results go exactly against what you're trying to accomplish. By defunding the police, taking money away from police budgets, people like Ilan Omar, who we're gonna get to in a second, may say that they're empowering black people to live their lives without the fear of being harassed by racist cops. But in reality, what you're doing when you defund police forces is putting people's lives at risk. People's lives, which are, I will say, disproportionately non-white. Protecting their citizens from violent crime, in my opinion is one of the few actually legitimate uses of government. So of course it would stand to reason that the social justice movement who in every other instance would love more government funding has to stand against this. And you know what, despite the fact, again, the fact that crime is on the rise and that people in Minneapolis are being hurt by these policies, Elon Omar, of course, is still all for them. Recently, she posted to social media, don't fall for the fear-driven narratives. We can craft a justice system that prioritizes people's basic needs like mental health and violence prevention and allow the city to put public safety first. What part of what is happening in Minneapolis right now is putting public safety first. No, really, shall we ask some of the victims of the carjackings that have been happening that have just skyrocketed? I'm sure they'd probably have a lot to say about that. Ultimately, when it comes to things like more mainstream left-wing policies, like higher taxes and heck, maybe even fuel efficiency standards for cars or whatever, I don't support that. I don't think it's a good idea, but Heck, I could, I could at the very least live with it, and I don't think it would absolutely destroy cities, but parts of the left have gotten to a point that they are, they are so extreme, so fringe, that they are actually destroying the cities that they are in charge of. And that's why we see right now tons of refugees. I don't know another word for them, but people fleeing places uh, like California, like Portland, because they're, they're just no longer safe to live in. So I guess my message to all of you is take what is happening in these cities as a warning. Do not let the place where you live go down the same route because trust me, the results are not going to be any different. And that's pretty much all I have to say for now. But as always, I would love to hear what you all think. Do you think that Minneapolis will continue to get worse and Portland as well? Or by some miracle, will the socialist utopia just spring from the ashes of what is currently Gosh, just just a hellhole. Let me know. But that is it for now. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.